Brief Interview Number 28297, Ypsilanti, Michigan, Simultaneous. What does today's woman want? That's the big one. I agree. It's the big one, all right? It's the what do you call... Or put another way, what do today's women think they want versus what do they really deep down want? Or what do they think they're supposed to want? Q? From a male. From a guy? Sexually. In terms of the old mating dance. Whether it sounds Neanderthal or not, I'm still going to argue it's the big one. Because the whole question's become such a mess. Can't say that again. Because now the modern woman has an unprecedented amount of contradictory stuff laid on her about what it is she's supposed to want and how she's expected to conduct herself sexually. The modern woman's a mess of contradictions that they lay on themselves that drives them nuts. It's what makes it so difficult to know what they want. Difficult, but not impossible. Well, like your classic Madonna versus whore contradiction. Good girl versus slut. The girl you respect and take home to meet mom versus the girl you just fuck. Yet let's not forget that overlaid atop this is the new feminist slash post-feminist expectation that women are sexual agents too, just as men are. That it's okay to be sexual. That it's okay to whistle at a man's ass and be aggressive and go after what you want. That it's okay to fuck around. That for today's woman, it's almost mandatory to fuck around. We're still underneath the old respectable girl versus slut thing. It's okay to fuck around if you're a feminist, but it's also not okay to fuck around because most guys aren't feminists and won't respect you and won't call you again if you fuck around. Do but don't. A double bind. A paradox. Damned either way. The media perpetuates it. You can imagine the load of internal stress all this dumps on their psyches. Come a long way, baby, my ass. That's why so many of them are nuts. Out of their minds with internal stress. It's not even really their fault. Who wouldn't be nuts with that kind of mess of contradictions laid on them all the time in today's media culture? The point being that this is what makes it so difficult when, for example, you're sexually interested in one to figure out what she really wants from a male. It's a total mess. You can go nuts trying to figure out what tack to take. She might go for it. She might not. Today's woman's a total crapshoot. It's like trying to figure out a zen cone where what they want's concerned, you pretty much have to just shut your eyes and leap. I disagree. I meant metaphorically. I disagree that it's impossible to determine what it is they really want. I don't think I said impossible. Though I do agree that in today's post-feminist era, it's unprecedentedly difficult and takes some serious deductive firepower and imagination. I mean, if it were really literally impossible, then where would we be as a species? And I do agree that you can't necessarily go just by what they say they want. Because are they only saying it because they think they're supposed to? My position is that actually most of the time you can figure out what they want. I mean, almost logically deduce it. If you're willing to make the effort to understand them and to understand the impossible situation they're in. But you just can't go by what they say is the big thing. There I'd have to agree. What modern feminists slash post-feminists will say they want is mutuality in respect of their individual autonomy. If sex is going to happen, they'll say, it has to be by mutual consensus and desire between two autonomous equals who are equally responsible for their own sexuality and its expression. That's almost word for word what I've heard them say. And it's total horseshit. They all sure have the empowerment lingo down pat, that's for sure. You can easily see what horseshit it is as long as you remember to start by recognizing the impossible double bind we already discussed. It's not all that hard to see. Q. That she's expected to be both sexually liberated and autonomous and assertive, and yet at the same time she's still conscious of the old respectable girl versus slut dichotomy and knows that some girls still let themselves be used sexually out of a basic lack of self-respect. And she still recalls that the idea of ever being seen as this kind of pathetic, round-heel sort of woman. Plus, remember, the post-feminist girl now knows that the male sexual paradigm and the females are fundamentally different. Mars and Venus. Right, exactly. And she knows that as a woman, she's naturally programmed to be more high-minded and long-term about sex and to be thinking more in relationship terms than just fucking terms. 
So if she just immediately breaks down and fucks you, she's on some level still getting taken advantage of, she thinks. This, of course, is because today's post-feminist era is also today's post-modern era, in which supposedly everybody now knows everything about what's really going on underneath all the semiotic codes and cultural conventions, and everybody supposedly knows what paradigms everybody is operating out of, and so we're all as individuals held to be far more responsible for our sexuality, since everything we do is now unprecedentedly conscious and informed. Well, at the same time, she's still in this incredible sheer biological pressure to find a mate and settle down and nest and breed. For instance, go read this thing, The Rules, and try to explain its popularity any other way. The point being that women today are now expected to be responsible both to modernity and to history. Not to mention sheer biology. Biology is already included in the range of what I mean by history. So you're using history more in a Foucaultian sense? I'm talking about... History being a set of conscious, intentional human responses to a whole range of forces of which biology and evolution are a part. The point is, it's an intolerable burden on women. The real point is that, in fact, they're just logically incompatible, these two responsibilities. Even if modernity itself is a historical phenomenon, Foucault would say... I'm just pointing out that nobody can honor two logically incompatible sets of perceived responsibilities. This has nothing to do with history. This is pure logic. Personally, I blame the media. So what's the solution? Schizophrenic media discourse exemplified by, like, for example, Cosmo. On one hand, be liberated. On the other, make sure you get a husband. The solution is to realize that today's women are in an impossible situation in terms of what their perceived sexual responsibilities are. I can bring home the bacon, mm, 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 fry it up in a pan, mm, 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 mm. And that, as such, they're naturally going to want what any human being faced with two irresolvably conflicting sets of responsibilities is going to want, meaning that what they're really going to want is some way out of these responsibilities. An escape hatch? Psychologically speaking. A back door. Hence the timeless importance of passion. They want to be both responsible and passionate. No, what they want is to experience a passion so huge, overwhelming, powerful, and irresistible that it obliterates any guilt or tension or culpability they might feel about betraying their perceived responsibilities. In other words, what they want from a guy is passion. They want to be swept off their feet, blown away, carried off on the wings of. The logical conflict between their responsibilities can't be resolved, but their postmodern awareness of this conflict can be. Escaped, denied. Meaning that deep down they want a man who's going to be so overwhelmingly passionate and powerful that they'll feel they have no choice that this thing is bigger than both of them, that they can forget there's even such a thing as post-feminist responsibilities. Deep down, they want to be irresponsible. I suppose, in a way, I agree, though I don't think they can really be faulted for it because I don't think it's conscious. It dwells as a Lacanian cry in the infantile unconscious, the lingo would say. I mean, it's understandable, isn't it? The more these logically incompatible responsibilities are forced on today's females, the stronger their unconscious desire for an overwhelmingly powerful, passionate male who can render the whole double bind irrelevant by so totally overwhelming them with passion that they can allow themselves to believe they couldn't help it. That the sex wasn't a matter of conscious choice that they can be held responsible for, that ultimately if anyone was responsible, it was the male. Which explains why the bigger the so-called feminist, the more she'll hang on you and follow you around after you sleep with her. I'm not sure I'd go along with that. But it follows that the bigger the feminist, the more grateful and dependent she's going to be after you'd ridden in on your white charger and relieved her of responsibility. What I disagree with is the so-called. I don't believe that today's feminists are being consciously insincere in all their talk about autonomy, just as I don't believe they're strictly to blame for the terrible bind they found themselves in. Though deep down, I suppose I do have to agree that women are historically ill-equipped for taking genuine responsibility for themselves. Q. 
I don't suppose either of you saw where the little wrangler's room was in this place? I don't mean that in any kind of just another Neanderthal male grad student putting down women because he's too insecure to countenance their sexual subjectivity way. And I'd go to the wall to defend them against scorn or culpability for a situation that is clearly not their fault. Because it's getting to be time to answer nature's page, if you know what I mean. I mean, even simply looking at the evolutionary aspect, you have to agree that a certain lack of autonomy slash responsibility was an obvious genetic advantage as far as primitive human females went, since a weak sense of autonomy would drive a primitive female toward a primitive male to provide food and protection. Right, while your more autonomous butch-type female would be out hunting on her own, actually competing with the males for food. But the point is that it was the less self-sufficient, less autonomous females who found mates and bred. And raised offspring. And thus perpetuated the species. Natural selection favored the ones who found mates instead of going out hunting. I mean, how many cave paintings of female hunters do you ever see? Historically, we should probably note that once the quote-unquote weak female has mated and bred, she shows an often spectacular sense of responsibility where her offspring are concerned. It's not that females have no capacity for responsibility. That's not what I'm talking about. They do make great moms. What we're talking about here is single adult pre-primapara females, their genetic slash historical capacity for autonomy, for as it were self-responsibility in their dealings with males. Evolution has bred it out of them. Look at the magazines. Look at romance novels. What today's woman wants, in short, is a male with both the passionate sensitivity and the deductive firepower to discern that all her pronouncements about autonomy are actually desperate cries in the wilderness of the double bind. They all want it. They just can't say it. Putting you, today's interested male, in the paradoxical role of almost their therapist or priest. They want absolution. When they say, I am my own person, I do not need a man, I am responsible for my own sexuality, they're actually telling you just what they want you to make them forget. They want to be rescued. They want you on one level to wholeheartedly agree and respect what they're saying and on another, deeper level to recognize that it's total horseshit and to gallop in on your white charger and overwhelm them with passion, just as males have been doing since time immemorial. That's why you can't take what they say at face value or it'll drive you nuts. Basically, it's all still an elaborate semiotic code with the new postmodern semions of autonomy and responsibility replacing the old pre-modern semions of chivalry and courtship. You know, I really do have to see a man about a prancing pony. The only way not to get lost in the code is to approach the whole issue logically. What is she really saying? No doesn't mean yes, but it doesn't mean no either. I mean, the capacity for logic is what distinguishes us from animals to begin with. Which, no offense, but logic's not exactly a woman's strong suit. Although, if the whole sexual situation is illogical, it hardly makes sense to blame today's women for being weak on logic or for giving off a constant barrage of paradoxical signals. In other words, they're not responsible for not being responsible, he's saying? I'm saying it's tricky and difficult, but if you can use your head, it's not impossible. Because think about it. If it was really impossible, where would the whole species be? Life always finds a way.